the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It is time for you to figure it out, okay? January is over, and yes, the year is going by that fast. When is the last time you paid attention to an analog clock? Now, for our listeners that are of the baby baby boomers, yes, mm, Gen X, you should know too. Millennials, I think you can hang. But if you are less than a millennial and you're a caregiver, looking at an analog clock for Gen Z, it feels a little awkward. Why? They grew up with the digital life. When I was growing up in school, that's all we had on the wall. But somewhere along the line, a lot of our schools and even for those that were at home because they were looking at a computer or their phones, the generation of Z, that's what they call them, Gen Z, they are about the digital life. So it always hurts my feelings because they don't know how to tell time on an analog clock. So that's something you have in your pocket if you're a baby boomer, Gen X. Hey, you know how to tell time still on the analog clock. Sure you do. Now, think about it from their perspective. They're young. They're trying to learn how to care for someone that's older. A lot of times people don't consider the grandchildren in the caregiving piece. Everybody, for some reason, typecasts caregivers. It's the wife. It's the child. But there are a lot of grandchildren out there taking care of their grandparents. Yes, why? Because mom, dad have to work. And so the kid that gets out of school, well, you go and take care of grandpa and help him get to bed because you can do your homework homework and, and sit at the table and eat dinner with him. And, and yeah, and we'll pick you up at uh, uh, 930. By that time, everything, he should be good, his medicines and everything taken care of. And, yeah, we'll pick you up at 930. Your dad will pick you up, yeah. Well, has anyone considered that young people – don't know how to really care well. What does that mean? Most young people are apathetic. Most young people don't really care. Most young people don't want to do much. So is it really care? Remember on this show, Caring the Burden, we try not to compare care. But recently I was challenged by a young person who was very analytical, 16 years old, and asked me what should they do? about a matter. And I was like, oh. And I had to remember with a young person, they don't always see it the same, just like with that analog clock and the digital clock. What's the difference for them? Well, the first thing is they didn't learn how to tell time on the analog clock. Whose fault is that? Don't blame me. In the meantime, they know how to look at a digital clock and say it's 516. What about the young person that looks at the analog clock and they say, wait, let me, wait, 
and they have to count and they, they have to do multiplication. Something that comes easy to you might not come easy to someone else. And that's for all caregivers. We take for granted oftentimes what we think other people should already know. Let's have some patience with each other. Some people don't know how to do things the same as you, like telling time. Don't assume, ask. One of the worst things you can do, whether you are a caregiver or the recipient of care, is what? Assume. We've talked about that here on Carrying the Burden. Why? Because when you assume, it reduces the communication. When you reduce the communication, that's when you're going to have problems in the caregiving situation. So people tell me, how do you do it? How have you done it? I don't know how you manage. I couldn't do it. Wow, you're awesome. I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. Take care of my mom. Ooh, my dad, he's awesome. Oh, oh, but I love him, but he's, oh. When it comes to taking care of somebody, I'm putting him in the home. And I'm like, wait a minute. Did you try? Have you? No, I don't even want to deal with it. Deal with what? That's an assumption. Give it a try first before you just determine that you're going to put someone away. When you do that, you're also taking the seat of compassion. Because guess what? You can be 42, 56, hey, you can be 29, and your life can abruptly change. Whereas today, all of a sudden, you're walking, talking, having a great life, and boom, an accident, something horrific, something tragic happens to you, and it causes your life to not be the way it was. That's how it is with some of our patients out there of doctors, nurses, that are taking care of them. Sometimes we forget the people that are getting paid professionally are still caregivers. Don't discount them. Have you thought about that with your imaging technician? (laughs) What if they mess up your x-ray? Right. And then you have to go back again and get it done again? Think about that for a moment. Your time, your energy, all the effort that it took for you to go and to get there. And they mess it up again? Now you're going to be upset. Don't act like you won't be upset. You'll be upset because it took so much time and energy and effort. Remember, that's your tea, and we're not talking about the kind you pour and sip. We're talking about the T-E-E. It's an acronym I came up with during COVID as I watched people try to take on the world by themselves. Don't do that. Don't be the golf tee. That's when I came up with that. Now, people talk about time and energy all the time, but what about the effort? The effort involved. Yes, for you to stand up, walk to the kitchen sink, walk to the bedroom, to that person for whom you're caring, walk back to the kitchen sink. No, you don't think anything of it now, but let's say you break your leg. Now what? Oh, wow. And the care still has to be dispensed. Yes. From whom? You. You're the caregiver. And now you're stuck in a rut. Why? Because you didn't prepare for care. You don't have a backup plan. And so you're hobbling along. You're with one crutch trying to carry a coffee cup. You're getting frustrated all because you didn't take the seat of compassion in the first place. Take that seat of compassion with anybody that needs what? Help. 
So whether you're the person that's in need of help or someone else needs help, help. A lot of people won't ask for your help, especially the disabled, the disenfranchised. They usually will just struggle along. But sometimes for people, it gets a little overwhelming. We had that happen here in San Diego recently. Some of the people that it didn't happen to, well, they're like, oh, those poor people. What poor people? The people that did not anticipate their houses being flooded suddenly out of nowhere. This is not a flood state necessarily in California, but we had a flood here in San Diego. Yes, because of rain. Absolutely. But it wasn't the rain only. There were other factors that caused this great inhibition for people. Not only did the inhibition occur that caused people not to have access and ability, it caused them loss. When you're a caregiver, you're always at risk for a loss. How do you plan for a loss? Because there's no caregiver insurance out there. I want you to find it and email me at connect at LorraineCarroll.com. You can find that on KPRZ, 1210 AM, live on the radio. Go online, KPRZ.com. When you get there, you're looking for podcasts. You're going to look for local podcasts. That's where you find me, Lorraine. Whether you're listening in Ireland, Switzerland, Tanzania, it doesn't matter. KPRZ.com, look for local podcasts because I'm in San Diego. Our radio station is in San Diego. When you go, you'll find the show called Carrying the Burden with me, Lorraine Carroll. I want you to understand everybody doesn't take the time to care. Most days, most people don't care about anybody but themselves. It's the truth. Nobody wants to admit it. Nobody wants to talk about it because everybody's naturally selfish. Nobody cares about you and your little flooded house. Nobody cares that you lost all your items from your family and nobody cares about your tears. Well, actually, the Lord cares. I've got First Peter 5 and 7 for that. That is the basis of this show. God cares. So give him the cares. But if you hoard the cares, we've talked about it. And when those people's homes were investigated by the news, we saw the hoarders, didn't we? Is that judgment? No, it's just a fact. A lot of people had a lot of stuff in their homes. But then there were those people that didn't have much. Either way, most people don't care about what they lost. So when you're a caregiver, think about it. At any point, you are at risk for loss. Have you prepared? I always say you've got to prepare to care. Sometimes people only limit that idea to having a plan on paper. If I get sick, who's going to come in and take care of mom? No, what about you? What if you get sick and you become disenfranchised, you become disabled physically or mentally even? I met with someone last night who thought she was in Berlin and that it was 1926, and she insisted that it was 1926 and that she was in Berlin. By the third round, I let her have it. I let her win. I said, yes, ma'am, that's right. Why? Because she was convinced. Sometimes people don't understand that that word convinced, it's a strong concept. Always remember that C-O-N, that prefix, it's so easy to look at. It's in Spanish, cone from the Latin, right? But what about when you're convinced? Remember, on this show, we like to revisit words that we take for granted that we use often, 
and we don't revisit them much. But when you look at the word convince, convince, it is from the Latin, which is the basis of most English. But that vince part comes from victory, to win, to conquer. So I'm convinced, she's convinced, hey, let's stay in our equal corners and not fight about it. What can I do to help this poor, disenfranchised lady who is mentally defeated in my mind? But in her mind, she's a winner because she's stuck in her mind in Berlin, and it's 1926. What do I do as a caregiver? Well, I don't try to convince her (laughs) that, no, ma'am, we're in 2024 and in San Diego. What I do is find a way to care for the needs around her. It doesn't matter that she thinks mentally she's here. So if you're dealing with an Alzheimer's patient, someone with dementia, and ready for this, TBI, what is that? Traumatic brain injury. So that's for the people that have fallen off of a building at work from the 15th floor, and they acquired what's called traumatic brain injury. Well, what about that person that had a heart attack and a stroke and they've been hospitalized for three months and they're coming home? Yeah, what are you going to do to prepare for that? Pull out your patient's card, yes, and put the impatience card back on the shelf. Okay, so why the patient's card? Because acquired brain injury comes from heart attacks, strokes. Uh, Nobody really planned for that. Just like that flood, nobody was ready for the heart attack. Sure, we've heard about floods in San Diego, but we hear more about earthquakes. So most of us are semi-prepared for that. I got a notice that said I have to change my housing insurance. What? Yes, the, the, the requirements have changed all because we had a flood. So my insurance policy has change their expectations. What does that mean? I have to pay more money. I have to get a different type of policy. And they've also changed the coverage, the plan. I have to go with it. Why? Because insurance is, as my godfather taught me, it's all a betting game. At the end of the day, who wins? Ultimately, I'm paying out money every month for something that might not happen. But if it does, I want to be prepared. I want to be ready. Are you ready right now today for something happening to you? Sometimes the people that are not caregivers don't think that they will need care. Have you thought about that today? What are you going to do if you need care? Have you talked to your children? Have you talked to your siblings? Have you talked to your spouse? Hey, so if I have a heart attack and or I become disabled, what's the plan? Most people don't talk about the plan. Why? Because nobody wants to talk about something bad. Oh, I don't want to speak that doom and gloom. Well, it's better to have a plan than not to plan at all. At least you're prepared. One of the best pieces for any caregiver on any day is to be prepared for the worst. Because we pretty much deal with stuff that's bad every day. I told you on this show, my mom doesn't care if I tell you that I have to change her diapers. Uh Uh-huh. Eek. Oh, you didn't want to hear that one today. Go ahead. You can turn off the radio. But the reality is that's my reality. And so there are other things that are worse than that. And I've come to learn over 23 years of caregiving that the things that I thought were so awful and that I thought were so horrific aren't as bad as they could be. 
So I've learned to measure, take the metrics, sit them down on a piece of paper, on a table, whatever it takes for you, a board, and graph it out. Wait a minute. So if this happens, what am I going to do? It's not worry. It's not anxiety. Put those away. It's planning. And the Lord doesn't mind you planning. However, here's the contingency for us Christians. Because I know agnostics, they've told me, atheists, Jewish people, they listen to the show. They don't believe in my Christianity. But that doesn't mean I'm going to stop sharing from my Christian perspective. That's the whole point of this show. We're not to be anxious for anything. That's what the Bible says. Be anxious for nothing. Most of us have anxiety, but we won't identify it. Uh, Anxiety, I'm ready to let you know, is rooted in fear. Fear, yes. Talk to anybody, psychologist, your doctor. I'm not here to give you any medical advice. I'm telling you from my firsthand life experience, so that makes this a legal testimony. I know for a fact that anxiety is rooted in fear because most of what we cannot control, that's what we fear. So if you can't control it, then that causes you to be weak. Are you weak? No, I'm not weak. Sure you are. The sooner you admit it, the easier you can manage your anxieties. Oh, right. That's where planning comes in. So if you even just take a moment to think about the what if, just like people do with insurance, you'll be able to at least calm the fears. Start easily. Don't take it all on. See, those floods, nobody expected those floods. Nobody expected those floods to come in and ruin their lives the night before. We heard rain was coming. We got the warning. Uh, What do we do? Maybe close the windows and maybe close the doors. But those people that lost their goods, their family memoirs, had their clothes ruined, they didn't plan for that because they didn't expect it to happen. Live your life, not because you think the worst is going to happen, but live your life in expectation of the Lord's hope. What is that? Well, I tell people all the time, I don't care what you believe in, you have some type of faith. Don't make it a religious conversation. Faith is the basis of what you hope for. You go to the ATM, you hope there's money in it, the end. You can call it religion if you want to. That's faith. It doesn't even have to be about your personal bank account. Watch this. The actual dispenser itself, the ATM, does anybody remember what that means? Email me if you do. Connect at LorraineCarroll.com. Automated teller machine. Okay, so you put your card in. Have you been like me? What? No more money in this machine. Oh, man, I just wasted my time sitting in this line. Now I got to go around and get out my car. And put- Yes, it's probably happened. But I had faith when I went through the drive through that the machine would work, give me my money. I could go on about my way and day and, hey, not have to get out the car. But I still needed the cash for whatever reason. So now that was a loss. Why? Because... Despite my faith in the machine itself, the ATM failed me. It ran out of cash. But I went in expecting. Did anybody follow that analogy? You have to go in expecting. That's the hope. That's what faith is about. 
So today, try to figure out a plan for your own life, not just for the person for whom you care. I had the great revelation and epiphany of the contingency called, what if something happens to me? Then what happens to my mom? After most of my family members started dying off, it's the truth, her cousins that were in her age bracket, actually, they started passing away. They aged. They became incapacitated. They weren't able to assist her like it was when she first had her stroke. At the end of her 50s, they were all still pretty young and vibrant. But each of them started having things happen to them. And then it was like, well, you know, Lori, that's what my family calls me. I don't think I'm going to be able to help your mom out anymore. No problem, cousin. Thank you, though, for everything you've done. I had to be prepared for that whether I wanted to hear it or not. So what did I do? I prayed. Because I don't have all the answers. I don't always have a plan. I don't always know what I'm going to do. But what I have learned to do is stay in the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice, ooh, Jesus, and be glad in it. That's what I do. I remember Matthew six thirty four. <sighs> After having read everything from verse 25 in Matthew 6, yes, that's the one with the Lord's Prayer, right? Yes. But if you keep reading, you'll get to that part that says, don't worry about anything. Easier said than done, Jesus. Has anybody taken that approach with the Lord besides me? Um, Job had his moment. I've had mine. Are you willing to confess to someone, <laughs> even to me, that you've had that moment? If you're a caregiver, you probably have had that moment as a caregiver. Now, listen, it's okay to be honest because honesty is truth. And one of the best things you can do is be honest with yourself about yourself. Because here's the thing. God already sees your heart, knows your heart, knows all about you, created you. If you're a believer now, this is what we believe. However, he also gave us an allowance. It's called confession. Now, I'm not going into everybody's theological perspectives on confession. I'm just going to stick with my old-fashioned Bible. Yeah, the one that has 66 books. And over there in the New Testament, there's this one called James. It's really short, only five chapters. And in that fifth chapter, it tells me, confess, Lorraine, your faults. I have faults? Uh, Yes, and you do too. When's the last time you listed at least three of your faults? The top three of your life? Well, I am a little fearful. Is that a fault? It can be. Look up the word fault and you'll see why. I challenge you today. What are your faults? Some people in some programs that I know of call them character defects. Mm-hmm. Deficits? Right. You're less than. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm great. Okay. Well, the reality is we all have some character defects. And those very character defects could cause you to not have a plan for in case something happens to you. It's called pride. That's a character defect, of course. A lot of us don't want to acknowledge our own sense of pride because we compare pride. You know, Muhammad Ali said, I am the greatest. And a lot of people, they disputed that. They refuted it. Oh, you know, before Ali came around, there was, uh, and they start naming all the old boxers and they talk about the old times. I always say, but when he said it, at that moment, he believed it. And you couldn't convince him otherwise. That's called absolute authority. Take a moment in your own life and examine 
Where do you have that type of authority with the Lord? That's the contingency for this show. Most people try to do everything on their own. And then when they wear themselves out, now they need the care. Caregivers, did you hear that? (gasps) Yes. Not only do you have to take care of yourself, but you have to allow others to help you take care of you. Oh, I got it. No, I'm good. No, thanks. Oh, no, we're okay. Okay, bye-bye. No, wrong, wrong, and wrong again. Hey, did you guys need any help? Yes, I don't even let people finish. Yes, (laughs) I don't care what they're offering. Well, Lorraine, you didn't let them finish. I don't care. They said, do you need help? I say yes every time. I need help today, always, every day, and in hope of tomorrow, I'll need help then too. The Lord is with me to help me either way because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, that's in Hebrews 13, 8. You stick with what we talked about today, your own deficits. Have you planned and prepared for the worst as a caregiver for yourself? Come up with a plan. Don't be afraid. Don't be anxious. Talk it out with somebody. Tell them, you know what, I'm really uh, nervous about the idea that I don't have anybody. And let somebody talk to you. Maybe they can refer you out to someone. Maybe someone can give you a call and give you some resources for help. Whatever you do, accept the help. Because in order to care and share the care, you've got to take care of you. Remember, if there is no care for the caregiver, there is no care. So at this point in your life, what can you do? One, examine your own self. Don't wait for the doctor to tell you you have a condition. Make the appointment. Go to the doctor. Have coffee with a friend. They'll tell you all about you. Yeah, they will. Good friends will anyway when they love you. Truth, you know, love is truth. It sets you free. (laughs) And when they give it to you, take it in. Don't take a risk, but instead take in the truth. You've been listening to Lorraine Carroll right here on Carrying the Burden, KPRZ. San Diego. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.